Hello. Hello. And welcome. Oh dear. Is it that time again? Already? I'm Bartleby Nehi. And I'm Artemis Nehi. Tell them who we are. And we're the Kinetic Paranormal Society. A pair of socks and a magic wardrobe traveling through time and space, investigating the supernatural. And apparently we have to record a podcast on a weekly basis. You're listening to Metacosmos. And here we are once again. We might as well get started on marinating. Yeah, what do you want to marinate about? Actually, I I have some, some ideas. Do you? I, I like your gumption this week. Well, I figured if we have to do this every week, I might as well take some initiative. And I was thinking we should be starting a Star Trek podcast. You want to do another podcast? No, no, we should turn Metacosmos into a Star Trek podcast. I don't know, Artemis, this is a little too much initiative. But, you know, you, you just, just a couple of weeks ago, you were telling me about The Greatest Generation with, with Ben and Adam. Yeah, yeah, that's a funny show. Yes, and I was thinking, what if we use their structure and just follow along with the episodes of the Star Trek show and review them? I don't know, how about, how about we just make it a segment? Oh, fine, all right then. So, how does it start? It'd be, welcome to Metacosmos. I'm Artemis Nihar, and this is a podcast about a Star Trek. No, 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 wait, wait. I don't want to, I don't think we should do it this week. Like, let's like do it next week as a segment for next week. So it's just an occasional segment that doesn't even start now? No, I, and I want to make a game about it. What do you mean? Like some sort of like, like random number generator game. Why, why do we have to do that? It feels like an extra step. Well, well they, they do it on The Greatest Generation, and, and I think that they make a really good start. Like the best Star Trek podcast, that we should copy them. Okay, what, what's this game going to be about? Oh, I'll, I'll figure it out. Can I help you? How about this? How about we decide that you make a game and then I make a game? Yes. And then in this dimension, we, we use my game. What do we do with my game? Oh, well, just there'll be another dimension that goes on where your game gets used. And, and we're not in that dimension? No, no, we're going to go with the dimension where, where, where we use my game. How does that work? Well, that's a really good question, because this week on Metacosmos, we're going to get into something really metaphysical. And that is? The multiverse. I don't think our experiences as time-traveling, paranormal-investigating, multidimensional-talking socks is going to be very applicable for the general audience. No, no, it's not, because most people experience the multiverse through their imagination, so, like, it's a lot of, like, sci-fi and fiction. And right now is a really important time to talk about the multiverse, because it's, like, super-duper applicable. We might be in the golden age of, like, multiverse stories. Oh, we're in the golden age now? Yeah! Why isn't the Kinetic Paranormal Society more popular? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming we get really popular in, like, the Silver Age, or, or the Platinum Age. Or, or we can just, like, hold out for Nirvana. It's, like, it's kind of like, I don't even worry about it. Just, I'm just saying, it feels like we're missing out on the golden age of multiverse stories. Don't even worry about it. We'll get there. But, like, yeah. So, um, the multiverse is something that kind of has been growing in human consciousness for, like, a good hundred years now. And it's having a kind of a moment. And I thought we should, like, talk about it and, like, break it down and figure out how it's applicable to, like, the, like, the arc of human consciousness right now. In like a single episode of a podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's it's um it's pretty simple stuff. Oh right then. And where does your story start? It all starts with a guy named Schrodinger. 
Oh, I know this one. And he puts a cat in a box and he, he cuts like two slits in the box. Uh-huh. And he starts shooting photons at the cat. That's not, no, you're not telling it right. You're, that's not how it goes. What, what? That's that's close enough. That's like, we're trying to keep this entertaining. That's just like the gist of it. Like, cat in a box, double slits, photons, pew, 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 pew. You're definitely not telling it right. As if you could tell it any better. Well, I'd certainly like to try. But you're going to make it all boring. No, no, no. It's not boring at all. Are you sure? Well, just let me take you back in time for a moment. Oh, we're going to do some time traveling? Yes. Picture this. We're going back to 1801, when Thomas Young decided to shine a light, not through one slit, but two. Uh-huh. And instead of the light going through and shining two lines behind it. Uh-huh. Are you sure this isn't boring? No, 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 it's not boring at all. Imagine beams of light shining through two small slitted openings. This is really close to boring. But can you imagine it? Yeah. And and imagine that the light shines onto a wall behind. All right, yeah. And you realize it wouldn't create two lines of light. It would it would create an interference pattern of light. Uh, oh. Oh, yeah. It's like not a cartoon. Yes, because light is made out of waves. Oh, neat. And a hundred years later, a man named Max Planck, he did the same experiment, but with electrons. He what now? He shot an electron through two slits, one single electron. So which slit did it go through? Oh, well, it went through both and left a similar interference pattern as the light. So the the electron was a wave? For a moment, at least. And wait, and, and which slit did it go through? But both both slits and then interfered with itself and caused an interference pattern. Huh. Wow. This story sounds familiar. I'm sure it does. It's pretty well known by now. So what happened next? Well, Planck was curious to see which slit it went through as well, so Planck attempted to measure and observe the specific spot of the slit to see. And? It it just went through one slit and not the other. So wait, when you when you watch the electron go through the slit, it doesn't, like, turn into a wave? No, no, it stays an electron. Ooh. But we've talked about this before. Yeah, but I'm just pretending like I don't know, because it helps the podcast sound authentic. Really now? But but I'm, I'm mystified. What happened next? This is good podcasting material. Keep going. Well, that was in 1900, and so for the next few decades, the, the physicists of, of Europe pretty much spent their whole lives arguing with each other and working out the mathematics to explain it all. Oh. For instance, Werner Heisenberg. He developed a whole mathematical system for describing a matrix mechanics. Meanwhile, Schrodinger... The guy with the cat. Yes. He theorized the electrons as waves and main wave mechanics. Okay, this is starting to get boring again. Well, it all came together and started becoming quantum mechanics. But Einstein... Uh, Albert Einstein! He was so cool! Yes, yes, Albert Einstein. He wasn't very satisfied with the quantum mechanic theories. Oh, he wasn't? No, no, he thought they were incomplete. What do you mean? Well, you may have heard he said, God doesn't play dice. Oh, that's what he was talking about! Yes, because he was like... Why would God let the humans decide whether the electrons were waves or particles? Just by observing them, that sounds ridiculous. I don't know, I think, I think God's pretty open-minded. Well, that's very open-minded of you, Bartleby. I do what I can, I'm just a sock blowing in the wind. Keep, keep going, this is, this is pretty good stuff, I, I, I think the audience might be listening still. 
Well, Einstein just insisted that the whole quantum mechanics wasn't complete. And meanwhile, Niels Bohr, another quantum physicist, would become quite renowned by then. He insisted that the observation was the actual act of deciding. So did, did they ever work it out? No, no, unfortunately they died before they ever came to any conclusion, though they did concede some small parts, but... What? But, but, but what happened next? Oh, you'll like this part. There were some attempts to mathematically explain it all away, with hidden variables and whatnot, but those, those were just always rather contrived. Though one controversial theory is the one I think that you would be interested in. What's that? Well, in 1957, Hugh Everett III, he suggested that all states of reality do exist, and yet the observation limits which state of reality we experience. Oh, just like how there's that other dimension that's going to use your game in next week's episode. Precisely. And, and when, when was that? 1957. And four years later, Barry Allen, the fastest man in the world, The Flash, ran so fast that he, like, met Jay Garrick, the other Flash, on Earth 2? I think, I think it was Earth 2. But anyways, so, like, yeah, um, The Flash met The Flash, like, just, a f- just like, four years after, after that. And only a few years later, Captain Kirk, through a transporter disruption, would go into a mere dimension where everyone's evil with goatees. Oh my god, yeah, I try to avoid that dimension at all costs, personally. And there we have a perfect example of how science fiction is influenced by science. But do you think, like, Hugh Everett Third, like, maybe, like, like, heard some of the, the, the multiverse stories that were already being written, like, in the 30s and 40s? Well, perhaps. So maybe this is also another example of how science fiction influences science. Well, I did mention that this was a controversial theory. How do you mean? Well, it captures the imagination, but the quantum physicists have kind of moved forward from here. You know, past it. In, in what way? Well, it's been determined that as particles interact with each other, the, the effect of one another kind of narrow the possibilities just by being around one another. But it doesn't, like, completely close off all possibilities. Oh, no, no, no. That's, the observation still affects that. Ooh, wow. Yeah, yeah, this is this is great. So, yeah, so all of that quantum stuff turned into, like, the multiverse and fiction and science fiction. And, like, for a long time, it just mostly stayed around, like, your general, like, sci-fi nerd culture stuff. Oh, really? Well, well it, it kind of, like, leveled out for a long time because, like, only the comic books would just redundantly go back through it over and over and over again. Until, like, it kind of got turned into this way to, like, if, if, like, a comic book company would buy another comic book company and wanted to use their characters, you just have a big old multiverse moment where, like, now, wow, your stories and our stories now happen in the same world. Whoa. Oh. Yeah, and, and like, way later, sometimes if, like, if someone's like, oh, we don't have the rights to our characters anymore, let's just, like, figure out a multiverse reason for why they're not around. Huh. It doesn't sound like the best avenue for generating great stories, does it? Well, there's, it's all hit or miss, you know. So it just leveled out for a while? Well, it did, except all that, that quantum physics stuff eventually got to, like, a cultural saturation point that's kind of begun in the 1980s. And how do you mark that date? Well, I would say that um, probably the TV show Quantum Leap. But that's, that's how you're, you're measuring that this is the beginning point of cultural saturation? Oh, yeah. Can you think of anything else that happened in quantum physics in the 80s? Well, Richard Feynman's book, QED, The Strange Theory of Light and Matter, 
Oh, it, it was popular? Well, just one example. Okay, so yeah, that book and, and Quantum Leap, and people were like, whoa, Quantum. Another book growing in popularity at the time was The Dancing Wooly Masters, an Overview of New Physics by Gary Zukov. Oh, oh yeah? And several documentaries started coming out in the early 90s. Oh, really? Yes, The Secrets of the Universe and The Ghost in the Atom. Ooh, Ghost in the Atom. So you are correct. It was There was something of a, a cultural awareness of quantum physics. Yeah, quantum leap. That's what I said. But, but, that, but that's not where it stops, because in the 90s, suddenly, Xena Warrior Princess, she was going to the evil goatee dimension. Oh, was she? And Star Trek was starting to go back to the evil dimension, too. Oh, don't remind me. I, I honestly do get rather bored of the very, um, of the very good evil versions of multi-dimensions. Like I said, I, I avoid the goatee dimension. No, at least the evil one. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with the cool goatee dimension. They're cool. A bit sassy, though. Oh, yeah, but it happens. But like, yeah, so um, did any, any, any major books come out in the 90s? Oh, well, Brian Greene, towards the very end of the 90s and into the early 2000s, he wrote several books that were very popular. Oh? Yes, The Elegant Universe and The Fabric of the Cosmos. And Tony Hay and Patrick Walters also wrote The Quantum Universe. So you see, there was something of a heyday in quantum physics publishing. Well, that really explains why in the early 2000s, every single science fiction show, and even shows that weren't science fiction, like, it was, like, mandatory to have a multi-dimensional, like, multiverse episode where everything's drastically different. And, and during all of this time, there was born another multi-dimensional dimension. And which one is that? It's, it's the one that we're kind of associated with. Oh? Yeah, we're kind of in a satirical metafiction where we cross over into, like, every other fiction and reality. And, um, though we're not as popular as we're going to be in the silver or maybe platinum age of multiverse stories, there's, there's some satirical stories that have gotten really popular recently about the multiverse. Oh, are there? Yeah, there's, there's this one about this really abusive grandpa who, like, drags his grandson through, like, horrible experiences. And it's like, a lot of people really laugh at it. And, and of course, until it like becomes just too much nihilism and everyone burns out. But, like, for the main point is, in the larger map of the multiverse, like, they've kind of gotten normalized through shows like this one. And, like, of course, every other sci-fi in the world having a multiverse episode. It does seem like it, doesn't it? Well, is that, is that, the, is that it? Are we, did we finish the history? Oh, no, no, no. We're just now catching up to the present. Because it takes, like, years to make movies, we're just now getting the multiverse movies just now. I feel like we've had several multiverse movies in the past. Really? Well, Run, Lola, Run. Oh, yeah, that's totally a multiverse movie. But, like, I think, like, there just happens to be a lot of multiverse movies, like, happening all at once right now. Really? And what are they about? Oh, um, well... Actually, all multiverse stories have a single theme that seems to tie them all together. And what is that? Uh, regret. Oh, I have many of those. We, we all do. So, like, in a way, there's always been a multiverse wherever there's someone regretting something. There's quite an array of multiverses. Like I said, people mostly experience the multiverse through their imagination. So yeah, um, all of these multiverse stories are tied together through this woulda, coulda, shoulda thing where, where some sort of character is, is like feeling regret or 
has the opportunity to decide they don't want to feel regret anymore or something because they get to see what the other them is going through and what the world would be like without them. Isn't that a Jimmy Stewart movie? You know, I think it is. There's there's a lot of multiverse stories, it seems. You know, never thought of that as a sci-fi. Certainly paranormal. Jimmy Stewart's in a lot of paranormal movies. So is that is that it then? Is that did we finish our our history of movies? Well, specifically, I want to get into this last year of multiverse movies, and there's like still more to come. Oh, all right. Um, t- tell me about them. Well, it all starts with the MCU, the Master of Ceremonies University. How do they tie into this? No, no. Um, the other MCU, the the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, the comic book movies. Yes, yes. Yes, um, is is that where we're going with all this? Is that what this is about? Well, ironically, um, yes and no, because, like, the multiverse, like, okay, like, well, Captain America and Iron Man and Ant-Man and, and Hulk, they all went, like, back in time and, and changed history. But, like, a bunch of time-traveling amateurs in such a way that they kind of spiraled the universe apart into a multiverse. Oh, sloppy, sloppy. They they totally explain it away like, no, this isn't our fault. And and I think the writers take their side, but none of this started before they multiverse themselves into this crazy, crazy craziness. And um, y- yeah, we're kind of here to talk about that. Is there going to be spoilers? Because I haven't seen all of these. And I'm sure many of the people listening aren't really watching them either. In fact, I doubt anyone's listening at this point. Well, I'm not going to spoil stuff. I'm going to try to, like, just speak from the trailers, I guess. I'll try to do that and, like, things implied in the titles. I'll keep it to that. And honestly, it's not just going to be superhero movies. There's a really super-duper one I want to talk about that's not a superhero movie. We're really doing a, a movie review podcast? No, 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 no. We're talking about the multiverse. This is important. And you thought my story about quantum physics would be boring. Look, just bear with me, okay? So, like... Okay, so the Captain America and Iron Man broke the universe, and then they like did a whole bunch of things where like like there were some like TV shows where like Loki, the the trickster spirit, um, kind of he he is Thor's brother, but he's like super charismatic and played by Tom Hiddleston. All right. Well, like like yeah, so like he also helped break the multiverse and and unleashed like a super bad worst dude ever on like the multiverse. Uh, are you sure this is not the boring part of the podcast? And then there was like a cartoon where like everything was like a different version of the universe. And and there were some regret stories in that one too. But it's kind of been all over the place. Because it was just setting up the Doctor Strange movie that was also about regret. Like the multiverse of madness. But it it wasn't quite as mad as um people were expecting. I thought you said no spoilers. Well, I'm just saying it's called the multiverse of madness. And it could have been madder. Angrier? Just crazier. There's some crazy parts, but like, with a name like that, you gotta really, you set up some expectations. Understood. Yeah, we recently got a one-star review on our, um, other podcast because someone said, you didn't tell me this was musical? We got a one-star review? Yeah. I told you we shouldn't put those out. Well, we didn't manage expectations very well, and, and maybe Multiverse of Madness could have been madder. So is that what we came here to say? Oh, no, 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 no. We're we're just scraping at the surface. You said there was another non-superhero multiverse movie you wanted to talk about. Oh, oh, yeah. This is a good point to bring it up. Okay. Everything, everywhere, all at once. 
Okay, what's about to happen? I'm I'm ready. No, that's the name of the movie. Oh, oh, I was a bit nervous there. So, what's it about? Well, it's about it's about a, um a Chinese laundromat, a, a family who runs a Chinese laundromat together, and they're being audited by the IRS, and they're all kind of have a lot of um, resentment towards each other throughout the film, and they they're working it out. Oh, that's a very simple story there. Yeah, it's really sweet. It's about like generational grief, and um, and of course regret. Definitely about regret. That's a big theme. Oh, I think I should see this one. Well, you definitely should. I think you'd really like it. And I know you're a little apprehensive about spectacle, um, but it's still really good. I do get a bit overwhelmed with all the images when they're flashing about. Yeah, it's definitely got a lot of flashing about, but it's so sweet. Like, bring a handkerchief. Like, it's a hit, so you're going to need it. Wow. And so, do you have anything more we can hear about this movie? Oh, I, I said no spoilers. I'm not, I'm not going to go into it any further. But I will say that this movie came out just like a little bit before the Multiverse of Madness, and it's a lot matter of a multiverse, so... Woo! Wow. You know, maybe maybe it's, maybe it's there was plenty of madness in the Multiverse of Madness. We've just been on such a roller coaster before it that we just couldn't tell anymore. Wow, so this really is quite a golden age of multiverse stories. It's quite a shame the Kinetic Paranormal Society is not a part of it. Yeah, well, you know, I think it's going to keep going and hopefully it won't get like played out into the ground or if it does, we'll be able to be there to catch it at that moment. How do you mean? Well, there was also, um, before all this, there was a Spider-Man movie where all the Spider-Mans that ever Spider-Maned on a movie that was live action. Oh, oh yes, yes, there's been quite a few now, haven't there? Yeah, yeah, well, they all met each other and, and worked out their regrets together. Oh. And, and, and a lot of their villains, like, all fought from across all of the movies and and i don't know i feel like it 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 slightly felt like it was one of the ones that counted for like you know when like you the whole like multiverse for the legality reason i was talking about how how a character gets written out of a story or into a story by using a multiverse yes well well um Sony somehow owns the Spider-Man stories, and so it kind of felt like like it was one of those cases where it was one of those multiverse stories. Oh, that's unfortunate. You know, again, it's all hit or miss. It's all hit or miss. So, wait, I have a question. Yeah, go for it. So if each of the Spider-Men, they each come from their own Spider-Man universe? Yeah. And does that mean that every time a different writer or actor plays a character there's another universe where that character exists with those premises yeah yeah like i said the, the multiverse exists in the imagination like i'm not i'm not exaggerating would that also mean that everybody's personal headcanon is also their own multiverse precisely that's what i'm saying imagination is the multiverse Haha. Uh-huh. so where does this all lead where are we now in our adventure of the multiverse well, I just saw a movie that's really new. Oh? It's, um, it's about Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, you mentioned Ant-Man. He helped do the time traveling that broke the universe. Yeah, yeah, that's the guy. So, it's called Quantum Mania. Ooh, Quantum Mania. Is, is this actually about quantum physics, or is it, is it kind of one of those techno-babble things? Um, it's a definitely a mixture of both, leaning heavily towards the latter. Oh, dear. But actually, this is what I wanted to talk to you about. This has everything to do with, like, the double slit and the particle and the wave and, and all of that. Oh, okay then. 
So the end of this movie... You're going to talk about the end of the movie? Isn't that a spoiler? It, it's kind of a spoiler, but I don't think it's a spoiler. What could you possibly say about the end of a movie that's not a spoiler? Um, the, the heroes, the good guys, they win. Oh, okay, fine. Fair enough. Not a spoiler. Go on. Yeah, and maybe... I, I'm, I'm questioning, though, that that was the choice to go. You think that the bad guys should win the movie? Well, they did it not long ago in in another even bigger movie. But um, uh, no, no, I I was thinking that they should have done like like two endings, like split screen. Well, I don't that that probably be really hard to follow. So like maybe they could do it like Clue, the board game. No, the movie Clue, where like at the end they're like, or maybe this happened. Ooh, you know that's a multiverse movie. Oh, it is. It totally is a multiverse movie. Wow, we're making so many discoveries. So yeah, I think that, that it would have been really cool if um if Quantum Mania had ended with two endings that like caused an interference wave. So like everyone's imaginations were kind of boggled. And why do you think this would help? Well, um, there's a lot of debate about the quality of the current stories coming from this universe now that everything's gotten broken in the multiverse. Oh really? Yeah, there's like as many hours of stories with this broken version of the universe as there was in the other version before they broke it. Oh, that's that's a lot of content. How how do you keep up with all this? I'm time traveling sock. I'm a time traveling sock and I have other things I need to follow. Well, it's a good thing there's two of us. Okay, so in what possible way do you think it would help people to not know the end of this movie? Oh, no, no, they would know the end of the movie. They would just know two different endings. And how would that help? Well, then, then every time they see another movie happening in this series, because, okay, I didn't explain an important part. What's that? Well, we were talking about managing expectations, and the whole advertising for this movie is like, meet the bad, bad dude who's going to be the bad dude that's going to bring down the good dudes in the whole series of the come, and all the heroes are going to fight Kang. Oh, the, the time-traveling villain. Yeah, the time-traveling villain. You, you know this one. Well, I try to keep up with my fellow time travelers. Good job. So anyways, yeah, so King, he, um, he's, he's the big bad villain. And you say the good guys won in this movie and they, they beat him? Yeah, yeah, they beat him. Well, that, that certainly spoils a bit of the tension. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's part of why I think there should be two endings. And again, so like, if you don't know which universe you're in after the end of Quantum Mania... And you don't, you just, you don't know if it's, if it's a wave or if, or if it's a particle, then, then you'll never know in the future movies which one you're in. And all of the ones that have just been happening, like the, like the whole bunch of movies that people are not sure if they like or not. Well, now they can just tell themselves that they happened in a little tiny pocket universe because they did. Because every time there's a different writer, like it's probably a different multiverse. And it always was, it's just been less coherent, and that's why so many audience members are confused. Have we really become like a movie review and fix the movie style podcast? I don't like this. Oh, no, 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 we're just doing it right now. I'm starting to have regrets. Can we go into another universe where we didn't do this? Well, you know, honestly, all of these multiverse movies don't really help with any of the regrets and dealing with them. Then what's the point? Well, it's cathartic. It really, it's, you know, it's a cathartic experience. And also, like, it's good to meditate on our own personal what it could have should have, I guess, so that we can, like, have a little bit of practice at, um, using our flex capatitude. Oh, 
flux capacitude. Yes, yes, let's bring it around to that. This is totally applicable. The flux capacitude is key. Indeed it is. But I think we should probably break down that portmanteau for listeners because we, we, we talked about it a, a few episodes ago. But um, the, the, the attitude and your flux capacitor together make your flux capacitude. And yeah, when you're trying to travel through the multiverse, you can go to infinite dimensions right now. And at any moment, like, especially in like really hard moments, um, anything is possible. And in really good moments, you can like just go into any dimension at any time through your attitude. If you could just like have a really good attitude or a really bad attitude, and it will take you places. Indeed it will. Flux capatitude. Oh, right then. We certainly had a roundabout way of getting through this episode, but I'm very happy with it. You're, you're kidding me, right? Well, I'm very happy that I think we've reached the ending. I think we have. I think we've learned a lot, actually. Yes, we've reached the ending. Finally, yes. I love it. And we can start preparing for our Star Trek podcast. It'll be so much fun. And so, yeah, I'm Bartleby Nehi. And I'm Artemis Nehi. And we're the Kinetic Paranormal Society. You should listen to our, our other podcast. Or don't. You don't have to. At um, kineticparanormalsociety.com. And you can hear it on wherever you listen to podcasts. Just look up Kinetic Paranormal Society. Another podcast you can listen to by our producer, Isaac Bluefoot, is his audiobook, Superman, Son of Al. Oh, this is superhero content I'd absolutely love. And you know what? Um, superhero fans like this, too. It's really funny. It, like, seems to, like, bridge the gap. Like, let me read you some of the reviews that she's been getting lately. Here's one that says, Really does a great job of capturing the nostalgia and wonder of the comics from a real human perspective. Love it. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, and this one's really sweet. It says, we love the voices slash accents of all of the characters. I can easily listen to 10 trillion chapters at a time. I love the story. Superman is great. From Tio. Oh, that is, that is quite nice. Oh, and this one says, I can't stop listening to this. His voice, the story, it hooks you in and you can't stop listening. And these reviews just keep coming. There, there are like tons of them. It's my favorite superhero story. Truly uplifting, though quite tense at times. Yeah, and it's all set to music. Great stuff. Anyways, yeah. And um, finally, also, um, you know, maybe rate and review this show. If you, if you ask a question in your, in your review, we'll answer it for you on the show. Like, I mean, like a metaphysical question, hopefully. Or it can be, it can be on any kind of question. I, I'm, I'm game. There's some questions I'm, I'm going to say are off limits. Do you want to tell us what questions those are? I'd, ra- I'd rather not. Okay, then. So, you know, um, I think that the more stars you give us in your review when you ask the question will probably increase the, the quality of your answer. Not, not intentionally, but, like, magically. Just, con- just, you know, just kind of a thing out there. So, yeah, um, rate and review Metacosmos. And um, you can do the same for any of these wonderful shows that, that Isaac Bluefoot produces. And, oh, 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 Omen Quest Cards. You got to get your Omen Quest cards at omenquestcards.com. They're so pretty. And there's, like, games you can play where you just casually talk to your friends and your feelings are, like, just kind of on the open. It's, I swear, it's, like, not awkward at all. Um, I swear. It's true. It's not extremely awkward unless you make it awkward, because I, I certainly have managed to do that. Well, that's just one of your hobbies, isn't it? Touche. So, anyways, yeah. Um, 
thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. Goodbye. I love you. Okay, then. That was maybe our not-worst episode ever? I think we still have the potential to get to our worst episode ever.